0: Hey, my name is Jason. I get to be the pastor of Church in the Wild. And I just wanted to thank you for choosing to jump on here with us. We have sermons. We have more than just sermons, though. We have dialogue, conversations, interest of members of our church, my interest, so much more. All of the things that make us the wild. Thanks for jumping on. You matter. Where they, they pray the New Year in. A lot of the teenagers liked it because then they could kiss to celebrate the New Year while they were pretending to pray. Under, uh, behind the pews, we had pews in our church. So I was like, "Dad, maybe this isn't the best idea after a while, right? Um, but the all-night prayer meetings, how I grew up, those are a thing. And what's fun is as a kid, I didn't know, like we would just, they would just pray for hours. As a kid, I had no idea what was going on or why it was going on. So I would just start to pick up on like how certain people pray. And um, in prayer, there's a couple of like, different types of prayers. There is the repeater. My best friend, growing up, was a repeater. He said, Father God, before he said anything. So my friend would pray, Father God, we thank you for this day, Father God, and we appreciate this day, Father God. We thank you for the way that you made the sun, Father God. And, and I would count, and then I would tell him, like, bro, 57. And he'd be like, no! And he would try to like, get it down to 55 the next time. And, and he, would just, he would repeat himself. There is, um, there is the briber. You ever heard the briber? It's like they try to bribe God into listening to them. Like, God, you are so strong, so mighty. And and by the way, if you paid my house payment, you would be even more strong and more mighty. God, you know, like we would have all these pastors come and pray and you could tell which one needed to, to raise a little extra income because in their, in their prayer, like, and Lord, you're the most gracious, generous, holy, giving father. And we know that you could pay the down payment on this church building that I'm searching for. By just touching somebody who's in the auditorium to make that payment. Like <laughs> they would just try to bribe people through their prayer. Um, there is the screamer. I don't know, like I don't know if I will not be doing this one, so don't worry about that. But there's a screamer, like we used to have these all-night prayer meetings, and these there was this one guy who, the first time he did this, it terrified me. And the second time he did it, I thought he was saying the Lord's name in vain. And so I was like, Dad, he's in trouble. And <laughs> I like, stop, stop. Because he would just scream, oh, God, at the top of his lungs. Like, like all he would do, oh, God. But I like, Why is he doing that? Like, I, was, I was so curious as to what was going on. Um, there is, uh, there is uh, the, the daddy father person you ever hear. Like, I was praying with some college students one time, and one of them was like, Daddy, you're so great. Daddy, we love you. And I was like, oh, I've never heard anyone say that before. That was different for me. Uh, But, but there's this one person at every all night prayer meeting and it is the spiritual ninja, like the prayer ninja guy who like knows all the Bible verse. I'm just struggling to pray and he's got all the Bible verses down. He's like, he translates, like he speaks normal English, and then when he begins to pray, he prays in King James sixteen eleven because only God can, like, that's God's secret language, right? Where he's just, thou wast there before the foundations were laid. They're like, what is he talking about, right? And, he, and they'll just completely change their language and start talking, and, and they'll mention verses and all these different things. And when I hear someone pray like that, I don't know about you, but I'm like, oh boy, I'm in trouble, because... I think God's going to hear him, maybe not me, right? Because I just feel like it's so much more impressive. The truth is, 4% of Christian families pray daily. 4% pray daily. And I think that most of us don't pray as often as as we, we should and we could because we maybe don't know how to pray. I think often we have the idea that we need to impress God with our theology or we need to impress him with what we know or the way we word things. And so we end up not praying because we're so intimidated to pray. But it's, it's a little bit like this. I was thinking, like, how do I compare this? Um, I'm obviously not the tallest or the most athletic guy in the world. It's a little bit like me trying to send LeBron James a video of myself shoot making a layup, hoping to impress him. Like, hey, check out my layup, LeBron, through the legs, layup, right? And then he's like, yeah, man, I can, like, come from half court. So, right? Like, we can't impress the creator by the way we pray. We're not going to impress him. So I, I want to talk about the fourth idea in our series, which we've, we've covered three. We've covered a house that, my house will be a house that values the Bible. We've covered my house will be a house that serves. We've covered my house will be a house that shares the gospel. Today, I want to talk about prayer and about our houses being houses that pray. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And we've talked a little bit about how Jesus was upset in the passage that we read and what made him so upset. I think one of the things that upset Jesus was the people came for peace and prayer. And instead, they found anxiety and chaos. Yeah. The temple was supposed to be a place where peace and prayer took place. And what we were supposed to do in those days was bring all your anxiety and chaos and bring it to the temple. And what was going on is these people were bringing their anxiety and their chaos to the temple, hoping to find peace and instead finding anxiety and chaos. Which is ironic because what do we find in our world today? Anxiety and chaos. We find it, I think, the, the, I gotta make sure I say this right. I, I wanna, the biggest struggle, the hardest fight that we have is the one that no one sees. It's the hardest one. And I, I've been trying to figure out how to say this all week, but uh, there was a pastor who's in the, he's, it's all over everything, this pastor who killed himself. And I do want to say that just because people are smiling doesn't mean they're not struggling. And so when people walk through our doors, when we gather together, when we do huddle, when we do next steps, when we do discipleship, when we do groups, we can't just assume that because someone's smiling, often a smile is, is the cover of the anxiety and the chaos that they're bringing in the doors. Right? And so as a church, we want to be a church where everyone is welcome and they find peace and the opportunity to pray in the middle of this world. I I wonder just what this guy was going through when he ended his own life, and how much anxiety and how much pain he went through, and how much was just going on in his head. We want to be a place where everyone who's struggling, we all have struggles, we're in this together. We can pray together, we can find peace together, we can struggle together. We can have issues together. The biggest struggle that we will have is the one that no one sees. It's the battle in our mind. We can smile, but smiling doesn't mean we aren't struggling. When we read these verses earlier, I'm going to read them again. Philippians 4, 4-7. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When I read that as a kid, I was thought, like, that means we're not supposed to be careful. So we can drive however fast we want, do whatever we want. But the word is actually anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we read that verse and we think, oh don't have anxiety but instead pray it can it can often lead us to have anxiety because we can then say great i've got all these other things i'm not doing right and now i've got anxiety and the bible says i'm not supposed to have anxiety it's so not i have anxiety about having anxiety because boy you know if you're like me like i i don't do i have anxiety now i have anxiety because i think i'm not supposed to have anxiety right we can go through all of this but what he's saying what jesus was so amazing at doing what he was so good at was he not only got rid of bad he brought in good so he cast out the people who were bad and then he preached daily in the temple and what the bible is trying to say in philippians 4 chapter chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 is not just don't be anxious it's saying if if it drives you to anxiety let it drive you to prayer if there is anxiety pray about it it does no good to simply say well we just don't want to be anxious Instead, we need to be people who pray. When you are anxious, pray. Anxiety is like a a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. So I don't know uh, how your vehicles are. My vehicle, I had a a Jeep Wrangler, and the back tire started to get low, and this thing popped up and said, you need to take this to the people who made this and get it fixed, right? Right? Anxiety is like a light on our dashboard, signaling, hey, you need to go to the one who created you, the one who made you, and have him fix it. Yeah. But so often what we do, what I do, listen, this is, a, this is what I struggle with. What I do is instead I try to carry that burden alone, I try to just worry about it, rather than go to the one who made me, the one who can fix the problem, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Yeah. I think what the other thing that we do is we don't want, and I don't, I think, God, you, you, this, is, this is just my personal issues. You're trying to shape the universe and, and move the galaxies and you're trying to do all this. You don't care about that. That's too small. That's not big enough. But at the same time, I worry about it. And so, listen, if it's big enough to worry about, big enough to pray about. If it is on your heart, it is on God's mind. If it's on your heart, it's on God's mind. So talk to him about it. Pray about it. Prayer is simply handing our anxiety over to God and asking him to handle it. It's just handing these things over to him and saying, God, I'm not big enough to deal with this. I told you last week and i i kind of didn't mean to i just got emotional because of the music and i was like pray for me i have anxiety it, like and i did What like, and i do like and it's a thing like don't leave just because i'm not perfect there's churches everywhere with perfect pastors but don't leave because i'm not perfect i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i wish i was perfect but i have anxiety right so what it does it often is crippling like like it's it's like like, I can't do anything because I'm just like, oh, man, like, this is happening, this is happening, this is going on, right? But prayer is just taking that anxiety to God and saying, I can't deal with this. Like, this is just too much. I need you to deal with it because I can't. I can't handle it. So will you please handle it? So how do we do that? Well, the verse we read, he says, let your needs be known. Just make your needs known to God. You don't have to impress Him. You don't have to say certain words. You don't have to say them in a certain order. Um, I found that I'm better at writing than I am at speaking. So sometimes I write my prayers. Because I just can't like physically say what I'm trying to say. So if I write it, all of a sudden it comes out and I'm like, well, that's exactly what I was thinking. Right? There's no wrong way to pray to God. David prayed when he was mad, he complained, he gossiped, he was angry, he yelled. David did all of these different things. Just let your request be made known unto God. God, I need this. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone today, all right? But a while ago, I told God, God, I need you to bring a family to this church and I need you to have no reason to bring them to this church, just you bring them, and I didn't do anything, and I need to know that this is you that did that, and I need them to join very unexpectedly, and I need this to just happen, and they walk in, and they come in, and they sit down, and I need you to have them join this week. Do you know that, that that exact Sunday, someone who's sitting on this half of the auditorium in the front, they joined our church. They walked in, they walked in unexpectedly, None of us knew what was going on. They went home and they said, we're joining this church. This is our church. I immediately started praying for a (laughs) million dollars. (laughs) Seriously, because I was like, all right, I need a million bucks, right? It's just letting him know what you need. That's all prayer is. This is the simplest message ever. You don't have to be a pastor to pray. Don't let anyone lie to you about that. You don't have to be a theologian to pray. You don't have to pray fancy, you don't have to pray proper. It's okay to get mad when you pray. It's just telling him, I don't understand this and I can't deal with it and I can't handle it. I need you to do that for me. So a couple weeks ago, um, my daughter found a toad in her yard. And it made her so happy to see this toad. <laughs> like if, if, if someone were to give me like a brand new car. That's how happy it made her to see this toad. Like every time she saw the toad, ah, it's my frog, dad, my frog. It's a toad, I know, it's a frog. I'm like, alright, it's a frog, whatever. It made her so happy. Every night we had to go out and say goodnight to the toad. We had to check on the toad. We need to make sure the toad was okay. Things needed to happen. We needed to build a little home. We did all this stuff for this toad. One morning I went out and I opened my garage And as I opened the garage, the toad hopped into the garage. I didn't think about it. I shut the garage. I didn't kill it, don't (laughs) worry. It just disappeared. I couldn't find it. So for like the next four days, Isla was like, Dad, where's the toad? Dad, I gotta find the toad. Like we were anxiously searching everywhere for this toad. So I thought, I'm gonna open the garage. I opened the garage. I kept the door open. Like I let every other insect in the universe into our house hoping the toad would come out. I couldn't find the toad. Then one night, I had the garage door open and the toad hopped out. And I was like, okay, well it's out. So we'll see what happens. Couple days go by, she sees the toad. She's climbing up on the deck. Dad, there's the toad, the toad. Like she's so excited. She gets right in his face, she talks to it, she has this conversation with it, like it's this whole thing. And it leaves. and then she goes in and she goes to bed. And I find myself outside at midnight, while I'm just struggling with all these different anxieties, I find myself outside at midnight, bending down, thank you so much for coming back. I really appreciate you coming back to make my daughter happy because she loves, I'm having this whole conversation with this toad. I consider myself to be at the very, very, very best, my best moment, a subpar or average father. Like just average, Of my best moments. God is a good, good father. And he cares about us so much more than we ever think or imagine. And if my daughter knows that I love her enough that she can just, hey dad, can you help me find the toad? Think about how much God wants to please you. Think about how much God wants to hear from you. Think about how much God wants to help you with that thing that you're carrying and it seems like it's drowning you and it seems like it's suffocating you and it seems like it's burying you and you're carrying it and it's just pulling at you. God wants to help you. He is such a better father than I will ever be. And I'm so happy when my daughter's happy. God is so happy, when we are happy. He is so pleased when we are pleased, and he cares so much. If I, as an average father, care about a toad and will have a conversation with a toad to please my daughter, how much more will the creator of the universe, who the Bible says his thoughts for us are like the sands on the seashore? His plans for us are good plans. They are better plans than we have for ourselves. How much more does He not only want to hear you, but He wants to bless and help you with your struggles. He loves you and He cares for you. And He wants to supply your needs. Peter said it like this in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. He may exalt you in due times, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. As a kid, I kind of thought that that verse meant that we should be afraid because God has this big strong arm, and so we need to humble ourselves under him and be like, please don't hit me (laughs) with your big strong arm. What Peter's referencing is a point in time in his life Where Peter is walking on water, and he falls, and he begins to sink. And when they're saying, humble yourselves, it's not saying, like, God, you're so, I can't, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve this, please don't do these things, please help me. What he's saying is, Peter just was like, please rescue me. Lift your hand up. And he will exalt, means to raise up. Peter literally had this moment happen in his life where he humbled himself and said, please rescue me, and Jesus raised him up. This is all that prayer is. Prayer is not anything mystical. It's not anything weird. It's not anything crazy. It's not anything creepy. It's not anything fancy. It doesn't matter how you say what you're trying to say. The point is, help me. You think about, um, uh, bad you guys can come up. Think about this. Peter was sinking. He's in the water. Jesus reached to him and caught him. And then they had this conversation. Can you imagine the conversation they had walking? Because I feel like Peter's a lot like me where he's always in trouble and always doing things he shouldn't do. And if I'm walking on water with Jesus, I'm having a conversation with him. I'm going to start talking. No one else in on the boat heard him. No one else would have heard what they said. And even Peter would have had a hard time hearing it. Sometimes we have a hard time hearing God. But my last Isla illustration my daughter whispers to me right now. We hide. We, we hide. We, we put like a little tent up and we hide so we can scare mommy. And my, my, my daughter will whisper to me when we're in there. you know she only whispers to me because I'm close. Sometimes God whispers to us. He doesn't yell it out for everyone in the whole world to know. He just whispers. But the purpose of him whispering is that he is close. He's near to you. He's so much closer to you than you ever think or imagine. He's right there. And not everyone's going to always know what he says to you. And sometimes you're going to be like, Ooh, my life's crazy and I'm having a hard time hearing, picking up what you're trying to say. The point is is that he whispers because he is right there. And he wants to hear you and he wants to help you. So let's be families and people who pray. Let our house be a house of prayer. Let us have our houses be houses that make our requests known unto God. Let's have our houses be places to say, I don't even know how to say it. You ever have times when you don't know how to say it? Good news, the Bible says the Holy Spirit actually prays for us. And he cries. He he weeps. He groans. and And he cries for us when we don't even know what to say. He prays when we just are like, I don't know what to say. Help. He speaks to the Father for us. This is our Father. So I think we should be people Who make our requests known to God Who humble ourselves and say Please help me So we're going to do family dedication in just a minute What I'm going to ask you to do stand on your feet with me I'm going to pray We'll talk about dedication In just a minute but I'm going to ask you to do this Encourage you to do this And, and you don't have to You by no means feel like Oh Jason made me do this right But I would encourage you to, throughout my prayer, to be like Peter and raise your hand. Raise both of them. You can raise them like this. You can do whatever you want. But let him know hey, I need you. God, I need you. I don't need this. I need you. And I just want to talk to you. So as we pray, let me encourage you all to raise your hands and then continue to raise them throughout worship. Because worship is really just a prayer sum. It's just a prayer that we sing. Hey, you are worthy of every breath that we could ever breathe. It's our way of worshiping Him. When we get done with that song, we'll go about doing the dedication. We'll continue from there. But I'm going to pray. I would encourage you to just with me raise your hands and let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good, so kind, so worthy. Often I am guilty of not speaking to you because... I simply don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. Or I feel like maybe I'm too insignificant and you won't care. But God, help me to make my request known to you. Help me to humble myself to you so that you can raise me up. Help us, Lord, to be families, houses, churches that pray. Help our house to be house